Electricity, it's a powerful thing, isn't it? And it's amazing all that it can do. And I know me personally, I take it for granted most of the time. I remember one time at the printing company, I was told that I needed to change the light bulbs above the press. Well, uh, I made the big mistake by grabbing both ends of the fluorescent light bulb, and it shocked me, right, when I put, put it into the uh, fixture. Had a respect for it then, and looking at the pictures of the tornado this past week and the the disaster that happened in Nashville and, and Cookville and, and Mount Juliet and the surrounding areas, I was amazed at the power of those winds to knock those telephone poles over and them just laying in the road. And just a side note on that, continue to pray for the work that's happening. The, the disaster relief is doing a phenomenal job. And I know so many congregations and so many people, and, and maybe you uh, here have given or uh, of your money or your time, but I, I want to say thank you for that. I appreciate your love and desire to show people Jesus in this world, especially in that time. But, and I guess Mickey is either asleep or was at work. So I was, he, he was kind of my thought as I entered this, but I was texting and praying for Mickey and told him that, you know, I was uh, looking out for him uh, in this time, uh, offering petitions to the Lord on his behalf as he dealt with, he's a lineman in Nashville and because I knew that he was going to be right in it. And one thing that he told me, it really put it into perspective was he said that there was 600 electrical poles that were down in Nashville. Powerful thought. And I thought about how long people would be out of power. And I don't know what's happening with that, but I'm sure that uh, Mickey and, and all the other linemen who are out doing their work are trying their best and as quick as they can, they're going to get the power back onto these people. And, and just while I'm thinking about it, the policemen, we have policemen here and firemen and, and the EMS people. Thank you for all that you do and all of the, the work that you do especially in this type of situation. I know it's hard and I know that it's tough, but uh, just to let you know that people are praying for you. But it made me think about how I feel when the power goes off. You know, spoiled brat Matt, yeah. How I thought about when power goes out at my house. Um, when I thought about it, uh, within... Just a few minutes, I kind of laugh because I know probably nobody else feels this way. It's probably just me. But when the power goes out at my house, within about 10 minutes, I'm like, really, guys? I mean, what's happening? Can we not get the power back on? I mean, I know it's been just a few minutes, but I need the power back on. Y'all feel me on that? Or y'all a two-hour or an hour type of guy, right? Maybe you're an hour type of person, but it has a huge effect on me. But, you know, when you're sitting there with all the candles lit and you're with your family and you're sitting there in the dark and you're wondering when the power is going to come on and then all of the sudden that power clicks back on, what happens? 
Well, uh, besides all the contraptions kicking on, right? Beep, beeping and all that. There is a sense of joy that comes over you, isn't it? I mean, be honest with yourself. You're happy that the power has cut on and life can go back to normal. Having electricity in our houses is something that has changed humanity forever, would you say? And this thought is perfect as we begin our thoughts on the power of the resurrection. We come to Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, and I've almost brought us to a complete stop here in the chapter. And it's because, uh, maybe it's just me, but I've just become so encouraged by Paul and his mind frame and the way that he thinks. And I, I want us uh, to point, I want to point out something that is of the utmost importance really for a child of God. And it is this thought. Paul, who had everything that a person could ever want for their life and for their career. He had great abilities. He had great respect. He had great honor. He had great power. But how this guy who had all of these things would count them as rubbish. He would count them as trash in comparison to knowing, to understanding, and to following Jesus. It really is an amazing thought. We talked last week, we, we talked about how understanding that the righteousness of God only comes when we are in Christ. How the Father made Jesus who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Now, Paul adds some more knowledge he had some more uh, things for us to consider in verse 10. He says, let me read it one more time, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul counts all things as rubbish because of the power of his resurrection. The Greek word power here means strength. It means ability. The resurrection has the ability to do something. Wouldn't you say? It's a game changer. It's something that Christians should remember and think about often. Just like electricity has changed the world forever, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has changed everything for humanity. Amen? Everything. And I love this. Please go on a journey with me. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Why does he say that? Because the resurrection has the ability to do something. In the book of Acts, we see Peter preaching about the resurrection. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, he says, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. He says in Acts chapter 4, verse 10, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands here before you whole. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 4, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures speaking about Jesus. And in Galatians chapter 1 verse 1, Paul says an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 the Bible says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The Bible is filled and it is filled with talk about the resurrection. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. And I think my favorite by far is Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, where Jesus himself declares this, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. The list could go on and on in the New Testament. Even in the Old Testament, as Danny read earlier, the amount of verses that talk about the resurrection. But why? Why is that such a big deal? What's the resurrection? The reason the resurrection is talked about over and over again, the reason why Paul said that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved, is because what we will see this morning is that the resurrection gives us power. It is something that once we see it with our spiritual lenses, it will forever have an impact on our lives. Walk with me. On this journey, the resurrection gives us the power of victory. In John chapter 11, Jesus, talking to Martha, told her this, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. How powerful is that? Brethren, do we believe that? Does that move us to do the things that we do? Does that move us to say the things that we say? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have power over something. You want to know what we have power over? Death. See, the resurrection makes Jesus different than any other spiritual leader. You know, we just partook of the Lord's Supper to remember what, brethren? His death, right? And without his death, we have no satisfying sacrifice for our sins. And we can't be forgiven. Now that's powerful. But then when you add the resurrection to the equation, it just adds strength. See, because of the resurrection, death has no more power over us. 
Jesus said, I hold the keys to Hades and death. Revelations 1.18. Death is a thought we all think about from time to time, don't we? Is death not something that we do consider sometimes in our lives? Especially when we've seen the things around us. We've seen the devastation. We've seen the heartache. We've seen the struggle. We're reminded of of it in the aftermath of this storm. But Christians have a comfort in knowing that because of the resurrection, death has no more sting on us. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. Look what Paul says. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for those who have died. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. I hope that you're hearing this this morning. I hope that you're hearing this this morning. No wonder Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 56 and 57, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul understood that there was nothing that he could accomplish here on this earth that would save him from death. It is appointed for man to die once and then face the judgment. Amen? But Jesus could do it. He became the first fruits. He became this example for the ones who had fallen asleep, for the ones who had died. He showed this pattern of righteousness. See, that's what changed Paul's mind to leave everything he had to follow Jesus. There was power in Christ. See, there was victory. What about us, brethren? What about us, friend? Do we believe that we have the power of victory over death through the resurrection? You want to know what that does or you want to know what that should do to us as brethren? It should give us confidence. You remember what Paul said? To live is Christ and to die is gain. The Hebrew writer says, what can man do to me? Paul talked about having this belief And you know what he called it? He called it the spirit of faith. This is an interesting thought. Brethren, is this us? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, this is what the Bible says. Paul says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. What do you speak in Paul? What do you believe in Paul? Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. Is that our mind? See, if I know that Jesus loves me and I know that Jesus wants me to be with him and I know how to get into him and I know that being a part of his body is where all the blessings are, if I know all of those things, doesn't that create a confidence about me? Not an arrogance, a confidence to know that what I'm doing is the right thing. 
And, and what I'm doing is not only blessing my life, but it's blessing so many others. Brethren, do we have the spirit of faith? I mean, what confidence a Christian has to know that death has no power over us. Oh, what joy should fill our heart when we sing this song, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. I cannot get that song out of my mind. It seems like every time I get up before you, that song comes to my mind. Why is that? Because we have victory in the King. We have victory in Jesus. Let me take you a little bit further in this thought. The resurrection gives us the power to be changed. Just like Jesus was resurrected from the dead, we are resurrected as well. And you know it's spiritually speaking. And you know how that happens? It happens by God in the waters of baptism. Remember, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Follow me on this journey. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Why is believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead so important? Why will it save us? Consider 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Peter, right before this verse, was talking about how Noah was saved through water, him and his family. And in verse 21, he says, there is also an antitype or corresponding to this illustration that I just gave about Noah being saved through water. There's something that saves us. And what does he say? Baptism. Now he goes on to say that it's not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. And look at the last part of it. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, why is that so important? Because this thought comes to life. My answer as I'm in the water is that I cannot save myself. No works that I do can save me from anything. But you can save me, God. And how do I know that's true? How do I know that that's true? See, it's my answer of a good conscience with, with inside of me because I know that you saved Jesus and you resurrected him. Do you hear it? Do you see it? Let me pile up a little bit more in this thought. Buried with him in baptism, Colossians 2, 12 through 13 says, in which you were also raised with him through faith. And how is it? Not of your works. You can't do anything to be saved. It's the working of God. And look at what he compares it to. Who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses, the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. And look at what happens. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Brethren, I'll, if you would turn in your Bibles, friend, if you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I want to pile up just a little bit more of thought and consideration about this 
power of the resurrection and how we can be changed. We can be changed from a person with no hope, a dirty sinner, and we can be changed into a clean, brand new being, ready for good works. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 4, the Bible says this, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Do you hear it? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died once He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now, here is the verse. Here is the thought. Here is the pull together. Here is the application. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Just like Jesus was resurrected from the dead, we are are as well through the waters of baptism. It's not the only thing you do. It's not the only thing you do. If you don't believe you just got wet, if you don't repent of your sins, then you just got wet. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you just got wet. It has to do with your heart. But if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father, then you Get it. Because just like he was raised from the dead, when you come out of the water, you are brand new raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. That is a blessing. That is power. And it comes from the resurrection. The last thing to consider this morning is this. The resurrection gives us the power of hope. Amen. Y'all know about hope, don't you? Hope is a powerful thing that people hold on to. Hope is something that drives people to their destiny, to where they need to go. Peter said it like this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. How did that happen, Peter? How did we get a -a one-of-a-kind way of living through the resurrection of Jesus Christ? The reason why we can do what we do, the reason why we can live like we live is because God raised Jesus from the dead. That is awesome. The resurrection gives us the power of hope. 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 say it like this. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not, been, uh, not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that 
when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Now think about what we've talked about today. The resurrection gives us the power of victory. We have the power over death. We talked about the resurrection gives us the power to be changed. We can go from a state of no hope to a state of hope. We can be not saved and we can be saved. And now we talked about the resurrection gives us exactly what I just said. The power of hope. It gives us something to look forward to. And this is a physical blessing. See, we don't know what we shall be when it's all over. We don't know when Jesus Christ comes back what we'll be, what we'll look like. We don't know exactly what that's going to be, but what we do know is we're going to be like Him. Well, how do we know that? Because the Bible says that we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope does something inside themselves. They purify themselves because they remember and they think about this. I want us to, for the rest of the time, Uh, focus our minds on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 41 through 49. Paul talking about the glorious body that we shall receive one day. He says, there is one glory of the sun, verse 41 another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. There's one star that's brighter than another one. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. We all have a natural body right now. And you know what's happening to that body? It's growing older and older every day. If you look really close at my goatee, there's a sad scene happening. There's gray coming in. No, I'm sorry. It's not a sad scene. It's wise, right? I'm going to get attacked. My body is growing old. And it's okay. That's how God set it up to be. But see, look what happens. It is sown a natural body, verse 44. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam, who is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. Verse 47, the first man was of the earth made of dust, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Brethren, be encouraged by this. Remember just how awesome the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. When you read verse 49, it says, And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, you are the man of dust right now. You're growing old. 
You're fading away. But a Christian, a one who is a child of God, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. No wonder Paul dropped everything to serve the Lord. Nothing compared to the blessings that are in Jesus Christ. The question is, do we get that? See, we talked about in class today with the college kids. Jesus Christ was being lashed out. They made accusations against him and said he doesn't even pay his taxes. He says he's the Christ. He says he's a king. And you know what Jesus said in response to that? Absolutely nothing. You want to know why he didn't say nothing? The comment was made, and we all can understand this, because he was on a mission. Brethren, are we on a mission? Are we on a mission? Even though I don't have it now, I reach out and I reach forward for the prize of the upward call. Amen? See, my citizenship is not here. My citizenship is in heaven. And you know what that creates in me? It creates in me a confidence. It creates in me a confidence to tell people who I serve, who I belong to, and why I live the way I do. See, if we understand this, then Satan better watch out. Amen? See, Satan better get ready. I saw this picture and it's so perfect. Look at this, y'all. Fear nothing in front of you because of who is behind you. Look at that cub. Bring it. Huh? Look at them eyes. Bring it. We got an almighty God who loves us, who died for us, and who resurrected so that we could have hope. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever let it sway you from not doing the right thing. Push on. Strive on. The Lord God is with you. He's a banner. He's a shield. He's a protector. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. We can pray with you. So thankful for little Emily and her decision to become a child of God. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a child of God. Do it today. Don't miss the opportunity to be added to his family. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved, if you need prayers, whatever you need, please come right now together. We stand and sing.